1: David. Football. Football, David.
3: The Dave damashek Football Program. Available on iTunes and at Dave Now here's your host,
2: Dave damashek Hi and hello, football fans. It's your old pal Dave, Dave Damashek. What's going down? Hope all's well wherever you are. Welcome to the Dave Damashek Football Program, available as always on iTunes and at NFL.com slash Shack.
4: S-H-E-K, Shack All
2: right, it was a wonderful Week 15 of pro football action. We are coming down the wire here, fellas, of the NFL football season, and we're going to get into all the playoff possibilities here, or at least as many as we can possibly cover here, and they are indeed juicy. This is the time of year. Just like everybody likes to go out and do their Christmas shopping, everybody's buying their presents... I like to sit on the computer and, and try and figure out, this team might get to go to that one for the divisional round, but the wild card could be this. And yet we still have a couple of weeks left of football to decide who's even going to get into the mix here. Let's say hello, first of all, to the man seated directly across from me today because we're doing something special here. We are videotaping, and perhaps you're watching us videotape it currently. And uh, let's say hello, so he's not seated to my immediate right in the podcast studio. We're in a brand-new studio from NFL.com and NFL Fantasy Live, it's Adam Rank. What's the poop, fellas? Hey, boss. Thanks for having sure, me. Sure,
3: sure. No, no, no. Appreciate the. Yeah. I appreciate the new digs. This is a pretty nice look. Yeah, yeah. Nifty. A, it is. Yeah, a little high tech. And yeah. best of
2: all, from what I understand, no black tie. Yeah, I guess we're not going to get to hear the, uh, the dulcet tones of black tide. So automatically the best podcast in years. Yeah, we'll try to move on. And speaking of best podcast of this year, 2013, we're up once again for the Stitcher Awards, or are we? Last year we took home the prize for best sports show in all the internets, and now we need to be nominated again, I believe. So if you go to Stitcher.com, nominate us for best sports show. You know what? In fact... swing for the fences, I say, make us best show overall. That's what I think. You know, (laughs) someone who helps make it a great show is our pal here. Uh, You know him on Twitter, at MoveTheSticks, former NFL scout Daniel Jeremiah. What's the poop with you, fella?
0: Not much. Thanks for dressing up, by the way. Well, you know, one of us has to dress up a little bit here. I I will say this is a lot cooler environment than our normal – Studio, so I'm, right. I'm digging that. I have complained about the temperature from time to time. Oh, you uh, mean temperature wise? Yeah, and I yeah, well, you're right. <laughs> so wait, you don't
2: like it when? So, no, so you I like, like this it, setup. You like it when it's cold. So you're the Anthony like, Manning.
0: Like, yes, yeah, exactly. Well, <laughs> well played. But for for anybody that's not watching us right now, they're just listening to us. If you're wondering what it looks like, if you go to a restaurant and there's a high top table for maybe one and a half people, yeah. uh, you'll see four men crammed around that table, and that's what we're in right now. <laughs> I
2: right. know it is. Well, I guess we are. Shooting on a camera same way, we're very sitcom-y in our structure. Like, I, yes. When you watch sitcoms, like, how come nobody ever sits at the head of the table? Why do they sit so close? Now
4: we, so can we order some food as well? Yeah.
2: I want cigars. What we need are some stogies out here and perhaps a bottle of bourbon right in the middle for us to split. Also seated uh, right across from me here on the uh, on the video camera, the man who is celebrating a Miami Dolphins victory over the vaunted New England Patriots all the way from England. It's Hanson. Hey.
4: He's handsome, man. He's handsome, man.
2: He's handsome, man. Hello, handsome. How are you today? I'm very well indeed. Yeah, Dave. How can I, I, I not should be? I should think so?
4: Yeah, of course.
2: All yeah, congratulations. Win. The Miami Dolphins. I don't know if you've been paying attention, but Ryan Tannehill has now two straight weeks in the fourth quarter down. The Dolphins down with not just the game, but realistically the season on the line. And both times he pulled out a victory. How say you?
4: Well, I mean, that's what they wanted from him when they drafted him in the first round a year ago, and, and they see he seems to be developing pretty nicely. I think Mike Sherman said today what, what idiot um, played him at receiver for the first two years in college.
2: Yeah. Um, all right, and uh, by the way, just to let you know, coming up later in the show, catching up with uh, San Francisco 49ers linebacker supreme Patrick Willis, so that'll be grand. In the meantime, though, let's dig into what we saw. In week 15 here, fellas, and then we're going to get into some playoff scenarios because, like I say, it's uh, you, know, you know how I like to recklessly speculate and play what if. Now's the time to do it. Meantime, let's review what we saw some of the biggest games, the Big Five, we'll call it, starting off with, did you hear about what happened in Dallas? Did you hear about that, what Romo did? I can't believe it. My jaw hit the floor. Tony Romo threw a game away, and uh, he did it against the Green Bay Packers, it would be bad no matter what, but he did it to Matt Flynn. So, to me, the takeaways are these. First of all, I said it before week 14. I think the Packers are going to win the NFC North if Aaron Rodgers comes back. You can look at the math of it. It might look a little bit funny to you right now, but they do finish the season in Chicago. And if Rodgers is back, I think they're going to, like I say, come up and, uh, and steal that division. And as for the Cowboys, I know everybody's pointing out trying to be optimistic right now and saying they still control their destiny But my goodness, Tony Romo, forget about blaming Jason Garrett or anyone else in this. Tony Romo called a run play. I mean, that shows complete and utter lack of sense of the moment. And people say, well, his his defense is atrocious. First of all, both things can be true. The defense can stink and he can be bad in the clutch. So So that's one possibility. It's not like you have to choose one or the other. And two, given that you know your defense is terrible and you are up, by four, with four to go, spin the clock, fella. What are you thinking? Throwing the football, insane rank. I start with you for your thoughts.
3: But what if the Cowboys just ran into the wall, if they became completely predictable, the Packers were able to stop them, three and out, they punted, then they, the narrative, I guess you could say, becomes, well, the Cowboys obviously didn't trust Tony Romo enough to let him throw the ball when he needed to. So at that point, at that point of the game, sometimes you have to play to win. I don't know if you want to do like Mike Shanahan and go for two needlessly, although I thought that was kind of cool. But you know what? The Cowboys need to win a game. And you know what? That defense is not very good. And I I would rather see them go out trying to make plays as opposed to being too conservative, running the ball, punting it, and then hoping that terrible defense can hold off Matt Flynn, which seems weird to say. The
2: answer, but... you ask that rhetorically, the answer is, what? Would, so what if the Packers knew exactly what was coming? Yes, every defense knows exactly what's coming, because that's the only wise maneuver. At the very least, you give the ball back to the Packers with the clock spun down an extra 90 seconds. That's I mean, that seems to be straightforward. That, and, and is like the
3: Cowboys Cop- defense become doomsday all over again? if they No, get but the extra Packers is well,
2: you know, that's what I pointed
4: out during the game. You know who else has a bad defense? The Packers. Yeah, the Packers yeah. have a bad right. defense, too. And so. they proved it all day. DeMarco Murray was running all over them. I mean, if you hand that ball off three times, you're probably going to get a first down. Seven carries in the second right.
2: half? The guy goes for 150 yards, and you see fit to give it to
0: him seven times? That's bad uh, game management by Romo. How say you, DJ? Oh, you're up 26-3 to three at half, and you run the ball, what, three times in the fourth quarter, seven times total? In the, I mean, yeah, but that, that makes no sense. Now, I, I get what you're saying at the end of the game uh, on that last, on obviously on the last drive, there's the a minute change. Though. Obviously, you're trying to throw the ball down the field. But even second and six, and for for some people at home, I don't know if they totally understand the concept when they say he changed the play. It's not like he went to the line of scrimmage, stepped back, audible, changed the call, and they, and, and put him into a pass situation. It's a running call, and they have what they call a smoke. Coach Garrett talked about it on the outside. Normally, you're going to come up and you're going to read the alignment of the corner. If the corner's seven yards off, you have the option, even though the line's run blocking, the running back thinks he's getting the ball to raise up, throw it out to him right away, catches the ball. It's a safe play. You get some yardage. They also run a play off that. It's a one-step slant. So when you see that, you want to see a coverage. You want to see a corner with outside leverage so you've got a clean run-through on that slant. You can raise up and hit it. But to me, that that's a play in its design is for, you know, the middle of the game, early in the game, all kind of stuff. At this point in time in the game, even though you have that available option, to throw that smoke or that quick one-step slant, There's no reason to. You're second and six. Just run the ball, run the clock. They haven't shown they can stop you. I mean, you talk about rank, you know, are they going to run into a brick wall? They had seen no evidence that there was any wall whatsoever to stop their running game. So why not just keep doing that? I know the freedoms in the offense, but sometimes – Freedom can be a bad thing in this situation. It, it's just an obvious situation. You have to run the football. Right. I mean, but, if you, but if you've got a veteran quarterback, he should know that as well. I mean,
4: there's there's, there's yeah, that's excuse what I'm saying. maybe not for a the to play that. call. that. Right. That's
0: the play call. But, but
4: but for a veteran quarterback, in that situation, he should know exactly, we've got well, to chew the clock up. Romo said,
2: he actually said this in the post-game press conference, and this is indeed covered in the upcoming shame-slash-sheck report. Be on the lookout for that at nflcom slash But he without without a hint of irony or without a wink or anything he said yeah now now i realize we should have run the ball there we'll have to remember that for next time we'll we'll do better with that the next time tony romo you've been the starter for 8 years man <laughs> You've been the starter for eight years. There have been three different men who've played the Incredible Hulk in that amount of time, (laughs) and you, Kevin, figured out that you're supposed to run the ball with a lead against a bum team that has Matt Flynn, at quarterback, run the ball, spin the clock down, kick it as far down as the other side, and dare the, the great Matt Flynn to drive on you the whole game. I mean, my goodness. Just, just, and, and the other thing is, a lot of people are putting it on Jason Garrett. Well, you shouldn't call a smoke play then with a with a with a, with a decision but that's just for the quarterback on the
0: end of a play. I mean, that's just the way that the, the play is called. I mean, you, you, the discretion is still with the quarterback, and I'm sure on the sideline, not in his wildest dreams, he think he's really going to raise right. up and throw that. And the other thing we didn't talk about, the fact that he got pressure on that. That anytime you throw those smokes, it has to be immediate. The second that you don't throw that immediately, the play's dead. You you surely can't try and reshuffle your what? feet, throw off balance. And throw late well, on the problem. There's, there's no way. You cannot do that.
3: And if you saw the replay, he didn't. He didn't set up. He didn't he was yeah. still in a bad position. He was trying he's to. He's falling just, off
0: the mound yeah, and trying to throw a slant. You can't do
3: that. He's just doing the If I'm just gonna try to gun it in there as hard as possible. He made he made the he escaped from Clay Matthews. He should have just run. He's an athletic quarterback. He should have run at that point. Right. He could he could have
2: tucked it and run off the left side, and even if he Goes for negative two. That's a superior play than what they got.
3: <laughs> I still, I still enjoy the spirit of what he's trying to do. He's trying to make a play. He's trying to, if your quarterback can't make those plays, then why are you even playing? Like, why are you even paying this guy all this money if you can't trust him to go out and make a play when you of need a play? Of course.
2: Player? It's like it, it, it's the analogy is Shack, a uh, uh, hack a Shack or hack a Dwight Howard kind of thing. It's a pretty big liability. When your star quarterback making $20 million a year can't make plays with the game on the line, it's the same thing as saying he's the best in all of basketball, except you can't feed him the ball in the last three minutes because he'll get fouled. That's a big liability to have, or if your quarterback uh, can't win if somebody happens to leave the freezer door open on the refrigerator. <laughs> but that's a conversation for another time. Real quick, Jerry Jones, though. Now, all this, you know, Jerry Jones tells Tony Romo to take on more. Jason Garrett's sort of the man in the middle. I agree that you have to show him the door if they don't make the playoffs. But is it unfair For or what do you think? In fact, I don't want to uh, direct you in either way. Do you think it was bad of Jason Garrett to acknowledge in the press conference that what the call was and that it was Romo's decision not to run there?
0: Yeah, I mean, there's, I mean, I can see people saying that's no big deal to me. I thought it was actually a pretty big deal that he went there. I mean, I think that was a sign of the pressure mounting on Jason Garrett. And and Jason Garrett went to Princeton. Okay, he's he's grown up. He's a very smart guy, and I think the perception out there that this coach. This, you know, this moron coach would dare call a passing play in this situation when I, you know, people at home be like, I went to I went to junior college and I know you have to run the ball right there. This Princeton guy can't figure that out. I almost think some of that I agree. Of weighing on him He's yeah. like, hey, look, I'm not a moron, okay? I called the running play, and Romo checked out of it. Now, I'm sure in that small moment it made him feel a little better about himself, that the truth was out there. But in the greater good of the organization, I don't know if it was the right thing to do. I don't think it was.
3: No, absolutely not. Not the right thing to do. You've got to wear that. You've got to put that on yourself. Even though you know that Tony Romo made the mistake, you still have to go out and be like, yeah, you know what, we're trying to win a ball game right there. We're trying to make plays to win. And then do the Shanahan and just walk off.
2: <laughs> All right, real quick, because in the name of full disclosure, we are recording right before kickoff of Monday Night Baltimore up in Detroit, and like we like to, as I say, I like reckless speculation. So let's do so now. We don't know how that one's going to go, and that's going to affect everything. Do you think the Packers can still win the NFC North? Handsome Hank, I start. I think with
4: you. they can, and and look, they've got a record-setting quarterback to help them along the way. I was saying earlier on. Now, if you you know years in the years down the line, our children's children are going to open up the the Packers record book or the NFC record book and look at the fact that a guy called Matt Flynn apparently owns the uh, biggest comeback in Packers history record. He owns the most touchdowns thrown in a single game record, and the most yards thrown in a single game. And they're going to assume there's this guy called Favre, there's this guy called Rogers, there's a Bart Starr dude. This Matt Flynn though, he must have been been the best of them
0: all. So he also owns the record in the Seattle. If you look in the Seattle media guide, ten years from now, the worst contract. The worst contract <laughs> and ever. And yeah, in Oakland, well, I don't know about about
4: the still wants to get And I think in one. Buffalo, <laughs> maybe the shortest Corn stint Robinson? on the on the oh, team. Man, yeah. So he's, he's, he owns a few records, but. Why way people feel bad for matt flynn i
2: always oh, want to point oh, out he made himself he got like, to today stay nice man. and clean for right. three years and make millions upon millions yeah. of dollars is he in fact the richest seattle seahawk of all time he might be no so, no, he, no way by year he the probably is, out, is Alexander, Alexander? To have made a lot big deal maybe but he's got to be up there. and, uh, and uh, walter jones
0: a, had some some yeah, franchise tag yeah. years
2: all right before we get to uh handsome hanks miami dolphins let's round out the nfc north uh, Adam Rank's team, the Chicago Bears now. Jay Cutler comes back, gets the victory. I'm on the fence about that whole thing. I would now, If I were a head coach, I would not have a hard and fast rule that a starter cannot lose his job because of injury. In this case, though, I, my guess is, I don't know if that's Tressman's philosophy, but I do yeah. think not just making the playoffs in, in your first year, it's not like his job's on the line like Jason Garrett's probably is. So Tressman has a little bit more rope. And so it's not, I'm sure he doesn't feel, I just want to get into the playoffs and that'll be good enough. If he's actually trying to think, once we're there, can we win? He's not going to do it with McNown. He has a chance of doing it, at least with Cutler. How say you, Ring?
3: I was a little apprehensive about it. I probably put a little bit too much stock into fantasy football and of where I wanted to play Josh McCown as a fantasy quarterback because I knew the matchup was good, knew he'd been playing well. And then you look at Jay Cutler, you just don't know if he's going to be able to last the whole game. Is he going to re-injure himself? Because if you look at that game against Detroit, and I reason that if they would have just gone with McCown against Detroit in that game where where, Mm -hmm. where Cutler got beat up, let's say the Bears win that one, then you control the NFC North, probably go on to win that one. So I felt like it was a move you didn't quite have to make unless you were 100% sure that Jay Cutler was going to be able to come back and play as well as he did. But he did, you know, and it paid off. And now the Bears kind of, well, it depends on this Monday night game, but if the Ravens can come through and knock off the Lions and the Bears get a little separation, you win and you're in, and then you're like, oh, it's not a bad move because now Cutler has that game behind him. And now he's going to get another week of practicing and everything, and you're like, okay, this is starting to look a little bit better. So I dig it. I think that made, I think uh, I liked the way he came out and said, you know what, Jay Cutler's our quarterback. He's going to be our guy going forward. He cut out any controversy there was never a doubt. He always said that he was going to do it. And it, it's funny, though, but I do agree overall that these guys, this notion of, like, you don't lose your job to injury. Like, Tom Brady's done pretty well not losing, you know, when Drew, Bler, uh, Drew Bledsoe went down. And then Kurt Warner was on uh, NFL game day talking about, like, yeah, I don't know why these guys can lose their job to injury. You're like, hey, Kurt, by the way, were you? <laughs> in on line one. Were you? Yeah. So. But I dig the move. I thought it was. I thought it was gutsy, and I'm glad he did it.
2: DJ, from a uh, personnel standpoint, everybody has just sort of declared that the Denver Broncos are the greatest collection of pass catchers ever. But are they even the best in 2013? Given Brandon Marshall, Alshon Jeffrey, and Martellus Bennett, and Earl Bennett, Earl Bennett's not bad either. Who's very nice, a, a nice extra piece. And I guess Devin Hester theoretically counts, but not
4: really.
0: But anyway, which receiving core would you rather have? Uh, you know, look, when Welker's in there, that kind of gives him, you know, I, I give Welker the nod as the third. But I think I'll take these other two from Chicago over the top two in Denver over Demaryius Thomas and Decker. And I, I think they're so good. And the collection you also get with the tight end. I know Julius Thomas has done a nice job in Denver. But you have also have a tight end in Chicago. And Earl Bennett, what he kind of can mm-hmm. provide. And then also, you get, let's throw the running back in the mix. The fact that you can right. get Forte right. the ball out of the backfield. So when you're talking about just pass-catching weapons, if you had to choose one, knowing that when we get down to the 30-yard line, I can throw a hand, a hand grenade up to either side of the field and those two monsters can go up and get it, I mean, I, I think I'd probably go with Chicago. Best but,
2: guess, Cutler back in Chicago in 2014 or elsewhere?
0: Let's see how it plans out. I mean, I... I think if he if he if he plays well down the stretch, I think you know you don't want to be in the habit of letting the, one of the top, which I think is one of the top 12 quarterbacks in the league, walk out your door. It's so many teams. Cleveland's been trying to find a quarterback for a long time, Dave. Uh, I think they'd jump all over it if a guy like Jay Cutler hit the market. So if he plays well down the stretch, even if they don't get in the playoffs. I think you probably make an aggressive move if you're the Bears to bring Cutler back. But one thing I wanted to, to, to bring up with you guys, we always talk about, talk about cold cases and we look at old scouting reports. The last line on my Jay Cutler report when he came out of Vanderbilt was, uh, if he doesn't lose you the game in the first three quarters with his reckless play, he will win it for you in the fourth yeah. quarter. I know that, people that, say that, that about that. About, that's, 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 how, that's how I thought of him. And it was just kind of interesting because we just come off talking about Romo, who can be so great for three quarters, but then the fourth quarter comes. You know, both guys are capable of losing games, they right. do it in a different fashion. Jay Cutler can be, you know, just slinging it all over the place and making reckless plays for the first three quarters. But if you've got yourself a ball game coming down the stretch, yeah, I don't think you find anybody. I wants, see, wants to and, take and this leads us color.
2: into the New England Patriots and how they played on Sunday and Tom Brady and so on and so forth, I mean, you know, listen, I don't think that's the greatest strike in the world to have against you the way you just described Jay Cutler because it's also how you, would, how you would describe John Elway, Brett Favre, maybe Ben Roethlisberger. Give me the guys that come through in the clutch, even if their performances are uneven. Maybe they don't have pinpoint accuracy all game long. I like those guys that Well, come look, look rip, at Eli Manning's,
0: Eli Manning's two Super Bowls. I mean, we've we've obviously seen all the interceptions this year and we've seen other years where he's had these high turnovers. Uh, but the guy proved in the biggest of biggest stages, in the clutchest of clutchest moments, he was up for the task.
2: Handsome. So, Tom Brady, I got a fair amount of heat this past weekend because on NFL.com, we, uh, I, I scratched out. Uh, it's a prediction, you know. Right. But I, I couched it as though it was an absolute fact, and some people took it that way as though I actually have the uh, the – um, hyped uh, the souped up DeLorean and can actually jump into the future. Uh, spoiler alert, I don't actually have it, but I, but I like to think I do. He's i said got a said, DeLorean. He's got a DeLorean. Him, it's not really it's one, one of those ones. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's, just, it's just for chicks. Now, the, um, <laughs> the, I, I like to. Uh, I, I said that Tom Brady and Peyton Manning are not going to win the Super Bowl this year, and people went crazy about this. Sort or of ever thing. again. Well, I said no, I said Peyton will never win another right. Super Bowl. Um, because he's a little bit older, and this is his last best chance. I feel like the yep. longer, the older he gets, the worse chance it's going to be. And now Wes Welker goes out. And before the game, a lot of people said before they played the the Chargers, now oh, they'll be able to overcome that. I don't know if it's the cold or if it's the loss of, of the loss of Wes Welker or what it is, but we. I mean, if you're watching the game, you can see that Peyton Manning is a lesser version of himself. Anyhow, with that, let's forget about Peyton, in fact. Let's skip past that and just go to Tom Brady. Is the AFC East now? Is this it for the Patriots? Can you see them make it? The the Dolphins aren't going to catch them this year, but they might fall out, the Patriots, out of the number two seed and already would be out of it if the Bengals could have beaten Pittsburgh on Sunday night. Are you afraid of the Patriots anymore? Do you fear them anymore is what I'm asking you.
4: Okay, I'll I'll give you my answer, but you have to understand I'm going to be a little biased here, all right? I think that the Dolphins are on their way to catching up with the Patriots, which has obviously been their intention mm-hmm. you know, as they brought in a new coach and they drafted Ryan Tannehill and they, they've given them some pretty good weapons along the way. They clearly need to help out to get help on the offensive line, although it's playing a lot better than it was at the start of the season and, and since Jonathan Martin and Richie Incognito and, and all that stuff happened. Defense is obviously still missing some parts. But I think overall, the Dolphins are making strides to catch up with the Patriots, and the Patriots clearly have question marks at a bunch of different positions that they didn't used to and we now have is gronk ever going to be himself again so yeah I, I think in a year's time by the way I also think the bills are going to be a pretty I agree good with team. that I was' just I, I that don't, I don't think, I, yeah I don't think that the Dolphins are alone in like right this is our division mm-hmm. now I think Buffalo will, will end up being a pretty good team in, in next year and in the coming years <laughs> but I think the Patriots generally are falling off now the way they can make up for it is, of course, by drafting well next year and, and making some good moves there. And you'd never ever put that past Belichick, although I know you know, both of you guys will make, will make arguments that he doesn't always do that, but you'd never put it past him to be able to reassemble a team quicker than some teams perhaps are able to. Well, he Isn't, does a great job. I mean, if you look at all the players that they've missed
3: over this season, they, I mean, they went out last year. They were one of those first teams to really utilize two tight ends the way they did with Hernandez and Gronkowski. And now this offense is completely different. different. If you saw that game against the, against the Dolphins. Now, the Dolphins are a good team, and that was a tough matchup for them. But the one thing going into that game, they always said, well, the Dolphins are tough on quarterbacks. You know. And, I, again, I use this as a fantasy perspective of they don't give up a lot of points to quarterbacks, and they usually can run against the Dolphins. But what the, what the Patriots' game plan was is just to do those quick passes. And they, they used the, the short passing game as a running game, and they were very patient. Like, no team... Is as patient as the Patriots. The way right. they play, like kind of like small ball, where they're just dinking and dunking, and they just drive down the field and all that stuff. They don't, you know, they didn't have anybody. They couldn't have any deep threats or anything like that. Very patient. I thought they played really well, but again, they just ran into a good team.
2: And, and know. you know, obviously, they the Dolphins convert, a fourth and short, a gutsy call that they, that they even go for it in that spot. And then of course you're a finger or two away from the Patriots pulling that game out. But DJ. Overall, you take the two QBs out of the mix. Which is the more talented
0: roster, the Dolphins or Patriots? I think, especially considering who's on IR right now. I'd right, say I'm Dolphins, saying right yeah, now. Yeah, I say the Dolphins, but you know, Brady's the great equalizer, and he was almost enough right. in that game with a patchwork crew uh, to go in there and beat a good Dolphins team. But you know, to me. It's fun to see a guy like Ryan Tannehill, who you I really like coming out, and to see him just kind of grow on the job. You can see him get more confident. Anytime you put together these late comeback wins, especially against a division rival, Tom Brady, Bill Belichick, that whole deal, I think you're going to see his confidence just continue to grow. It sounds hokey. But it's legitimate. You get some success in a situation like this, I think you could see the Dolphins go on a little run here.
2: Did you have Tannehill ahead of any of the big three, RG3, obviously not Luck, or Russell Wilson?
0: I had Tannehill ahead of Russell Wilson. So I had him. He was my third guy. I had Luck, RG3, Tannehill, Russell Wilson.
2: And then Osweiler.
0: Brock was a little bit of a drop off, and then, then Brock found his way back. Real down quick there. with the Packers. Might have had Kirk Cousins over Brock. They were in the same neighborhood, if not in the same right. house.
2: As you all know, one of my favorite uh, topics of discussion these days is the Jenga of the NFL that if you take one guy out of it, you might cause your franchise to collapse. And I think that's what happened with Vince Wilfork and Jared Mayo, those two pieces. No. It's not Gronk. Mm-hmm. You take them out. Somebody is going to grind them on the ground. They're not going to string together three straight, and maybe if the Bengals do catch them, four straight games, the Patriots. They're just going to be had by some defense, by some offense on the ground or through the air. Somebody's going to have their way against that team. I don't see them going deep. Um, but, uh, but with the Packers, so you take Aaron Rodgers out, and they pretty much implode. Uh, and, and yet they've—I guess they've scratched out a couple, so maybe it undermines my point. But is there any other guy, any other quarterback that you could take out and just? Watch? I don't think the Broncos would just go to complete junk if you put Brock Osweiler uh, uh, given their talent. I think they, they would. would be Are terrible. You kidding me? They wouldn't win a they, game. They, I mean, they would be—they would be as bad as the Packers. That team—that team was a
3: playoff. They won a playoff game with Tim Tebow, and True. you switch. You switch Peyton Manning, and then he doesn't there win a playoff go. game. There you go.
2: There you go. So when Tim Tebow. It, Tim Tebow
3: has more playoff. Than Peyton Manning. Yes. Game
2: set. Rank. I'm, just, I'm not sure I, that's how it let me, works. Let me
3: just put the facts out there, and then you can interpret it however you want. <laughs> Tim Tebow has won more playoff games with the Denver Broncos than Peyton Manning with basically the same team. That's, a, that's just that fact. That is true. Yeah, those I'm are not, facts. I'm but, not but saying but I don't anybody's,
4: know that I'm not, I'm not going not to interpret them in the way that you'd like me to. I don't
3: even think that you need to interpret them. It's just a right. fact. It's just like coming out and just saying, like, it's Monday. Like, you, can argue, <laughs> you can't You can really argue, You sit consider, and be like, well, you know, some people consider it too. Like, I don't do whatever you want.
2: But uh, One thing when we're trying to put Jay Cutler jumping all over the place, but it occurs to me when you said the AFC East, could Jay Cutler, with the cap being what it is, could the Jets fit him in there? Because that would turn things around. Those are the two. Those are two of, if not the two worst quarterbacks in the NFL right now, starting Eli, yeah. zero touchdowns, five interceptions, under 200 yards. The first time that's happened since Mark Sanchez did it, not nine for the Jets. So this is a dire situation mm-hmm. in New York when it comes to quarterbacks. You think they, or for that matter, you think the Giants maybe draft a QB high?
0: Yeah, I mean, I don't know that they'll draft a QB high. I would definitely think they're going to bring somebody in the pipeline, and this maybe could be a year you bring in somebody in the second round. Last year, drafted Nassib by of Syracuse. I don't really think he's much to get excited about in terms of the long-term future. But I think this is a discussion that the Giants are going to have to have in the offseason yeah. because I know they've had injuries and in their running game is not what it could be. But there's no excusing the way he's played this year. I mean, he's got weapons on the outside. Uh, you got to be more cautious with the football. And going into that game against Seattle, I mean, you know what you're getting yourself into there. You think that's got to be, you know, kind of beat India all week long. Hey, let's be careful with the football. The punt, Punt's our friend. There's nothing wrong with a punt. Uh, but, man, the, the turnover's are in such high volume. I think you have to have a discussion. I know he's won two Super Bowls. That's that's great, but going into the future, you can't win football games you turn it over like this. So I think they will have a discussion. In terms of financially, how they could figure things out, I mean, Eli's making a whole lot of money.
2: I used to every year, and now with kids I can't do it as much, but I used to annually, I would always go back to Pittsburgh for Thanksgiving and then for Christmas, and when I would go for Thanksgiving, I'd bring some of the Christmas gifts home so I didn't have as much to carry. Do you think the Seahawks did that when they went to New York this <laughs> week? Just we're them. just going to leave some of our stuff yeah, yeah. here. We're back in six who, weeks.
0: Who, who was it? It was like the uh, I think was it Doc Rivers when he was with the Celtics that left something in the Lakers' uh, locker room. Did you ever hear that story? Oh, I, I, love I, I that. believe That's so. So it's like they, up above the the locker room and the above the tile, like the roof or whatever. He took like a note or whatever, a dollar bill, and wrote like, "We'll come back and pick this up when we're here in the finals," and put it up above. The I could see Pete Carroll doing something yeah, like yeah. that that's great I, I think it was a Celtics I'm not I'm not certain on that but it it's a great story
3: Didn't Jerry Jones do that in 1995 at Sun Devil Stadium where they they captured Home field advantage throughout the playoffs by beating the Cardinals on the Monday night, which incidentally was the Jerry
2: Maguire game. Nice. That's right. A Rock, no, that's a I think Tony game. Romo had naked pictures of Jerry Jones and hid them somewhere uh, and said, If you don't keep me in oh, forever, then I'm <laughs> the going to bring make these public, fellas. So you decide for your. That's the only explanation I can come up with. All right, real quick, let's just jam two games together. More disconcerting, DJ, the Eagles losing at Minnesota. And I would say the Vikings have played pretty well, but the bad thing is they didn't have either one of their two, two, yeah. two best running backs, and they still whipped them. Or the Saints going on the road to St.
0: Louis. They had Asiata, though. Yeah, I would, say, I would say I'm more concerned I like about the Oseada Eagles. Brand. Eagles, just because some of their issues have been masked. I mean, they play that snow game against Detroit, and if you think about it now, looking back on it, thank goodness for that snowstorm, because if that was a, a, a clean field with Calvin Johnson and Matthew Stafford, I mean, if Matt Castle torched him like that, I nice. imagine Stafford and Megatron would have had a field day. So you've got major concerns in the secondary they're obviously not going to be, even if they get in the playoffs, are not going to be home throughout the whole deal. They're going to have to go travel and play on the road, and they're going to end up running into some teams that can throw the football. Uh, it's, a major, it's a major concern. Offense was great. Offense moved the ball up and down the field. Without that uh, Nick Foles block, they would have had even more points. Uh, but in the postseason, you got to be able to travel a defense, and I'm a little mm. concerned there. Do
2: you think yeah. the Saints are falling apart here a little yeah, bit? they right. Rob Ryan in particular. That defense is getting exposed more and more. Right. It seems over the I'm last month. I'm more worried month.
4: about them because you know this. It, it, it's not just it's not an away game. You're going to play outdoors. This is the Saints in a dome. But Saint Louis is to no joke, on, though. Yeah, I mean, Saint, Saint Louis has rolled up, rolled up
0: some people. They beat the Colts by 30 points. And, and
4: they're a good team. But you're going to have to face the, you know better teams than Saint Louis
0: when you get to the playoffs, and
4: it looks like they may have to do it on the road as well. So I. I but I'd be I mean, I,
0: I'd be I'd be a little bit more concerned that Matt Asiata ran the ball down my throats and Matt Castle torched me, as opposed to we couldn't block Robert Quinn because there are yeah. a lot of people yeah. in the NFL that can't block Robert Quinn.
3: Fair yeah, point. That's, and that's the thing too is that the Saints, if things held at all they got to do is win that game at Carolina. They're the two seed. Then that means San Francisco. If they hang on to that six seed, San Francisco wins the game. They go to Seattle. You know. Seattle or New Orleans? Can they bring the
0: Super Bowl trophy to that game if Seattle and San Francisco square off? Can they just bring the trophy right there? Oh come on! But here's the thing. But let's say it's not. Who's going
3: to be? Who? Who? Besides those two
0: teams, is going to win the Super Bowl? Okay, if
3: San Francisco wins at Seattle in the divisional round, and the Saints have the two seed, then they they play. Then they play host to the 49ers after a huge win in Seattle. Saints could find themselves in a very good position.
2: That brings us to what I want to do. I want to talk about some of these possible playoff scenarios, the best ones um, that, are, that are out there right now. And first of all, the Eagles, I think they will beat the Cowboys. I just, uh, I'm, I'm yeah. going to take the, 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 the risk that Tony Romo is not going to rise yeah. in Week 17. I the Eagles are going to win that division. Here's the thing, like you talk about, if Carolina – beats the Saints, and then beats the Falcons, the division is theirs no matter what the Saints do. They can still win this division, and they would be the two seed. That's dire for the Saints because of the Saints, like you say again, if they have home field, if they're the second seed, at the very least, they take the wild card round off, then the divisional round, and, and the Niners or whoever else has to go to them. If they're if they have to go three straight road games, the, the Saints have no chance, Forget right? It. Right. Absolutely. I mean, that's it. I'll, yeah. I'll take the Saint, I'll take the the Panthers on the road before I would take the Saints right. on the road. Road
4: true? I think so, based on what we've seen throughout this season. Yeah.
0: Um, all can right. You, wait, Dave, you, my wife just sent me a text message yeah. and said, "How's work?" What's What's the right answer? <laughs>
2: I mean, I think it's engaging, it's, yeah. uh, it's informative, it's infotainment, okay. I think you could tell. Her.
0: Infotainment? Okay.
2: I'll tell you what I saw coming into work that upset me. There's a, they're, opening a, they're building a new restaurant just down the block, and they have play, you know, the uh, plain glass window right there, and still, there's nothing in there. They're not actually putting tables out yet, but they're still building the inside up. And so they have in there a porta potty. Inside the restaurant. Now, listen, I understand it'll be gone by the time you open for business, but how can I ever go in there ever again without thinking of the, 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 the unmentionable things that happened before you opened your place maybe, of business? Maybe that's how actually does, the
4: centerpiece of the restaurant when it opens. Maybe it'll be themed around it. How do you survive? Like, that's the big thing. Like, I remember we were talking
3: about it, like the hotel bath. I don't understand how, because you're, so, you're such a German. I don't understand how you step into, like, a hotel shower. For I, I'm not well,
0: happy. I've given, I've,
2: I'm not happy
3: about it ever. Yeah, because I, I have not. I have used the hotel shower as a bath. Like I never. Like oh, that's. A, I get it. I, that's the one time I pee in the shower. But I'm oh, no. Oh, no, no, no. Uh, do you think? Oh, no,
2: no, no. Uh, Andy, do you think? Is that what happens? And that's honestly, my nightmare is that you, that's what's happening do you you with, think? The, with the, with the no, guests just before me. Adam Rank Commando,
0: and then, commando
3: last yeah. week. And then and
0: this is what we get this
3: week. I was asking for a friend. Yeah. And then, you think, how closely do you think that housekeeper is cleaning that tub? She looks in. She's like, that's ah, sort of clean.
0: Spray, spray. Or, uh, yeah, what,
2: maybe. On a related note, uh, Commissioner Dell can uh, cancel my hotel reservation for the <laughs> week in New York. I'm not going to
0: make it. Can't do I, it. I was going to tell you guys one piece of advice. Like a lot of times young scouts, when you're on the road and you run into them, they'll say, you know, hey, do you have any advice? You know, you've been doing this for a little while. So I always say this is the most important piece of information I could ever give anybody that's going to be traveling. In the scouting profession, you're traveling all over the place. Yeah. You have a lot of long drives. Mm-hmm. You have to use the restroom. Of course. Where is the number one place to stop to use a restroom on the road? Yes. Uh would it be would it be hotels? You're going to want to go to a hotel. You're going to pull in yeah. You're going to go to that downstairs bathroom. It is a pristine palace. Oh, hey. Nobody ever uses that restroom. Yeah. So untouched. you get quiet. It's untouched. And if you play your cards right, you can get a cookie by the front desk on the way back out to your car. <laughs> you go to the car. Yeah, <laughs> yeah.
2: Absolutely. That's a little scandalous. Yeah. And once again, Whoa. it reminds me of a segment that I really want to do at some point soon, which is calling Daniel Jeremiah's parents to, to tattle <laughs> on all the terrible things <laughs> he's done in his life. All right. So playoff <laughs> scenarios real quick. It seems to me that the wild card uh, game that uh, could be the juiciest of them all, the Kansas City Chiefs mm-hmm. are going to be the fifth seed. Mm-hmm. They could go to Indianapolis. That's a pretty good one, huh? That's and a by the one. way, can we also Play each other
0: this next week? I know everybody
2: yeah. – yeah, and I know everybody – I know that it's easy and it's it's not just a quarterback league, but it's also now they call it an update league. So everybody reacts too much to whatever they just saw. And so the Colts – look bad for about a month and all the, the the story became that without Reggie Wayne, they're a pedestrian team, but then they have a nice win. They, they allow the Texans to get a single field goal and so on. Maybe do you buy that the Colts maybe, especially with Andrew Luck, if he is this sublime quarterback, it's year two. Now he's played enough football. He played a playoff game last year. Could you see him knocking off a team like the Chiefs or any other legit contender in the AFC?
0: Oh, I definitely think they have a chance to win that first game, that first home game. I think they have a real chance. And the fact that you have a guy in Robert Mathis who can heat up the pass rush, so you got somebody that can create turnovers on that side of the ball. Um, You've got a head coach who has a lot of playoff experience. you got a quarterback who's young and already has a taste of the postseason. Uh, yeah, I mean the guy's throwing touchdowns to Griff Whalen and anybody else off the street. I mean he's he's a stud. He's big time. He's definitely good enough to get them over the hump in a one game situation at home. Do I think they'd have any chance in that second game on the road against one of those top seeds? Eh, not so much. You don't? Yeah, well, I mean, uh, but think about it, it. It's
2: easy to say. Well,
3: they're going go to Denver, aren't you? Yeah. I
2: can read his mind. Anybody going to Denver
0: yeah. is going to
3: have a
2: great. I mean, shot. think about this. Would it shock you for the Chiefs? For the Dolphins, even, maybe the Ravens, if they can still sneak in the back door there. For any of those teams, people say, well, how can you say that the Peyton and Brady can't? Who's going to beat them? Well, the Chiefs, the Colts, uh, the, I mean, Don't the, the sleep. Bengals. I mean, we'll see what happens. The Bengals, we- the Bengals will bounce back. I predict they'll win their last two oh, games. Yeah. The Ravens aren't going to make the playoffs. The Dolphins probably will. Does that make Dolphins at Bengals? Do you see them going? Does, does the... Does the nice 2013 end in Cincy, or do you think that, they, that the Dolphins I, maybe win a game?
4: Oh, I, I think all bets are off. Once you get into January, I think that any of these teams can probably do it. Now, the Dolphins have proved that they can win on the road. They beat the Colts on the road earlier in, in the season. They they have a shot to, to do it, and they're a team that's built to keep games close. And then, you know, like you said earlier, you, you've seen Ryan Tannehill pull out wins at the end of games. So why I mean, not? Two impressive outdoor wins at
3: Pittsburgh, at the Meadowlands. I mean, those are games that you would consider a team like Miami and be like, oh, well, they can't win on the road. They can't win in the cold. Right. They did very well in those games. And it's not like Tannehill went to an East Coast school where he played in that kind of stuff. He's a Texas kid.
2: Handsome to- poo-pooed that a week ago when I said that's a big win for Ryan Tannehill's for, uh, future to know yet? that he when can is, get it done and all that, and now he matter. knows he can win in the cold.
3: But well, that all, matters. That does yeah. matter. But it's all building up. I mean, it's all of that. It's winning in the cold, winning these road games, beating the Patriots. You know, I get that. Done. Look,
4: oh, I believe in those ones. I don't believe in the. He can, now I know I can win in the cold. Like that. it's, no, it. it's proving the. I completely disagree with you that that wouldn't well, be a factor it. in a young guy's I head. Split.
3: But you split the difference in that. That's what it. I don't necessarily think that Ryan Tannehill was lying awake at night going like, I can't." win in the cold on Peyton yeah. Manning what he's what's going to happen is is if the dolphins have to go to Denver you cannot say, "Well, oh, this is a this is a warm weather. They've never been in this. Spot. was been, always like, the thing hey, that the they,
2: Buccaneers they, would go on the road. But that's well, now they're it's minus thirty five, and they never win with that. That's, that's not only something I've been playing from
4: Florida. This is an easy they, thing no, to write. They have. Right.
2: They had but, a long, it but, then but it, it, say say it gets not you your head. T- the more it gets repeated they, to you, the more you do you think? Do you
4: think that people will say if it gets to the playoffs, the Dolphins have to go and play the Bengals, and it's below freezing? All the people who would have said that about them anyway are still going to say it because it's easy to say. Florida team. The opposite. They will cite the game. Against you Pittsburgh. might, but the Pittsburgh average Lions. national NFL writer is going to go, oh, okay, check, now Florida and team rational. now in cold.
0: And, uh, and, and the we have, say by the they way, way, we we have not given, uh, I mean, we'll see what happens tonight. I, I'll say that I think if, if Baltimore somehow finds a way to beat Detroit mm-hmm. tonight, mm-hmm. I think they went out and win the division. If, wow. if, if, if they win tonight, Dave, and we, we've talked about this for a long time. Know, I've have, told you, I got a lot of friends over there and they've said, they, what I said is that Cincinnati will lose to Pittsburgh, right? We will win out and still win this division. Nobody's talking about us. And when they get into the postseason. That's all they do I'd is like win when say, they get to the postseason. As the
2: representative of the Pittsburgh Steelers, this has now become our annual thing. If we're not yeah. going to go to the playoffs and make our Super Bowl run ourselves, as the big brother of the division, what Galooly. we like to do, You're is Jeff Galooly. we, That's we who you beat are. you one last time. Like we beat, beat the Ravens in October, you? and now we now we whip the the the. Uh, Bengals, and this is what we do: we hey, send you, you the, off with a with a little slap on the bum and say, "Just remember who's boss, yeah. but go get them." Tanya Harden, <laughs>
0: you're the Jeff Galouli and Tanya Harden, no, I mean, no. I mean, whack and Kerrigan in the knees. How are
3: you guys <laughs> the big brother of that
0: division?
2: who, is, who has
3: dominated the NA or the AFC North the most? I don't, the, the North, team. not the Central, but the North. The Pittsburgh Steelers. Is that? Yeah, that doesn't seem accurate. Well, it is.
1: Who's one more division recently, crowns? Recently, Look it up.
2: Uh, well, recently, the AFC well,
1: North well, is they, what you they,
0: asked me about. They, they've well, won it the most. You always change the subject when I'm talking about the Ravens. Yeah, so right. Right. let's go back. They've won, they've what won about full, Joe Flacco? Won, Why won, is Joe
3: Flacco deny The big X it?
0: factor, The big. We've,
2: we've used him as a punchline a lot since he was number 100 on the top 100 NFL players list last summer. But Dennis Pitta is potentially a huge X factor. He could come back and make that offense go a little bit. It doesn't have to be the greatest in the world. But, you know, now you allow Jacoby Jones to be more of what he is. You don't have to use him. You don't have to
0: target him ten times a game for him to be effective anymore. Who you
3: hope it helps the most is Ray Rice, that it gives them an extra dimension.
0: Yeah. Well, see, I look at it, and I look at it as really helping Torrey Smith mm-hmm. because Torrey Smith right now, he lines up. He's staring at his corner right in front of him, and he's staring at a safety that's right on top of him. You get Dennis Pitta in the middle field. Now that safety gets pulled over. I think you see this team get back to where you're going to have to play two high safeties back. They'll be able to run the ball a little bit more. I also think you'll see him get loose on the outside. It's a big deal to create that room in the middle of the field. But they've, they've won four of their last five. One of those is a win over Cincinnati. The only loss is an overtime loss at Chicago. Uh, I mean, I think they 're actually you know they, they squeak by Minnesota and we think I that we think that 's a garbage win, and Minnesota well, blows the doors off of the Eagles, so I, I just saying this this is a team that 's kind of dangerous, but they have a tough one. I think this is their toughest game they have left tonight at Detroit well I then they don't they'll talk be, about
2: it too much because it 's already over. Anybody listening knows that. Well, but, but no yeah, scores. but well,
0: th- this still plays into it because I think New England next week and we 've talked about New England and miami New England coming off that Miami game now it's they got to go play mm-hmm. at Baltimore fascinating Not easy. that
2: that is such a huge game for their playoff lives. Yeah. Not for seeding, but it, it really is going to affect if the Patriots lose that one and they're a three seed, that changes again. That changes a great deal. I like the Bengals at home against the Patriots. I don't like them going on the road to Foxborough, though, so that's a big Andrew, one. Too. Andrew, right. Dalton, Andy it, Dalton. This is all so much noise. We're getting to Patrick Willis now real quick. Any reason, I mean, the one, uh, he, actually, I've been thinking about it. In the NFC, there are only three teams that would stand a shot Against the Seahawks. One, the 49ers, even though they've gotten housed a couple of times. We'll talk to Patrick Willis about that. Two, Aaron Rodgers, not the whole Packers, just Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> For one 60 minute stretch. If he could get red hot. I could see it being one of those games. You know, oh, what time did the game start? Oh, it started at three. Oh, it's it's, it's three twenty-seven. Turn it on. I, I didn't realize it started. What? It's fourteen nothing Packers. How did that happen? I could see Aaron Rodgers hitting them fast, then fumbling the kick the, the kickoff and jumping on him again, and just being one of those kind of games that could happen with the Packers. And lastly, the Carolina Panthers. They play they play ball with everybody. Yeah. They keep it tight. Yeah. So the Panthers then need to beat the Saints to do like, it. That's.
3: That's the thing. I, I don't disagree with those. Th- those are the three teams that can beat the Seahawks. But the Saints are still in the mix too for that scenario I laid out earlier.
0: They if, if they're place. the
3: number two seed, and San Francisco ends up knocking off Seattle. I hear you. Then they're so they're, But the, the Saints, Saints can't is, go in
2: there and witness the point.
3: I would. I would not. not really uh, I would not expect that. Right.
2: All right. So listen, we'll leave it there. Thanks, fellas. Um, and again, uh, before we cut it off here and go to Patrick Willis, the Stitcher Awards go to. Uh, to Stitcher.com and, uh, you know, support all your friends, Handsome Hank, Adam Rank, and Daniel Jeremiah. And, uh, oh, programming note, the Shecky Awards are coming up. We're doing those in a matter of days. It's very exciting stuff.
4: Wait, what?
2: Yeah, the Shecky Awards. And we're going to do, And we got, in, in fact, one of the categories ranked this year mm-hmm. is vo- as voted on by the Sheck Republic, the Rank Amateurs, and the Black Sheep, Favorite Regular. Favorite show regular, not uh, you, me, and Black Tire are excluded. Okay. handsome Hank, Daniel Jeremiah, Elliot Harrison, uh, all the around the league boys.
0: It's
3: going to be interesting. Bruce, that'll be interesting.
0: Heath, get in there. We up against Heath? I don't want I I to be up what against. against what if Heath. This, that would be what, difficult.
3: Where yeah. does, does AJ Hawk
0: fall into that? Or no, he's, he's a regular.
3: No, we have we have but the he's player kind category. Of a regular.
2: Right. No, he's the player category. That one will be selected uh, okay. by me and me alone. But I am interested <laughs> in your input on uh, 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 your input on that. Who would you okay. go with? Oh man, it's hard to go against. Best player guest? Hey, AJ Hawk. AJ Hawk, Terrence Newman, Ryan Clark. Really good. Jamal Charles. Gotcha, buddy. Steve Smith is good. (laughs) Steve Smith's great. Jared Allen was wonderful. But this Steve Smith, you know, uh, two years ago,
3: locked up. But AJ Hawk coming strong. And the fact that, that Hawk's dad is a fan of the show. Well, that's
2: why we leave it open all year. We don't decide until we until the last possible minute because, who knows, Patrick Willis could come out of right. nowhere and be a big star.
4: It's It would be smart for you all to say Patrick Willis and, and let him speak now. Let's it, see. It all right. Let's get to it right now. you listen to Dave damn All
2: right. Here he is, everybody. 49ers linebacker supreme presented by Duracell.
5: Patrick Willis, how are your holidays going, fella? Oh, it's going good, man. Going good. Just uh, just trying to win some games. You know, trying, to, trying to get in these playoffs.
2: Well, it's a, it seems like you're doing well then in that endeavor. You're on a nice little streak here, including that victory against the Seahawks a couple weeks ago. Who do you... What what is it about Seattle going up there because the results obviously have been pretty different for, uh, when you're in Candlestick versus up there in Seattle. What is it about that environment in that particular joint that's so tough to to go in there and win a game?
5: I mean, uh I mean they 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 won they they already just a good football team in general, you know, and then you take them being a good football team and then, you know, you go to you go know, you go play um play them at home uh you know they don't, they don't have just a ordinary you know home crowd you know that that crowd takes pride in being the best you know um being the best fans, the best being the loudest fans you know um in at at home, so you know you fight there, in and it's tough you know it's tough to it gets loud. <laughs> it gets really loud. So,
2: does it actually give? Because I've talked to some guys who've gone up there for uh, for games. It seems like the offenses that pay a visit up there really struggle. But is it hard as a defense to to try and overcome the the noise? I hear that the defenders of Seattle get an extra split second jump because of all that cl- uh, all that crowd
5: noise. No, you know, it, I mean, the crowd does a good job when when their offense is on the field. If not, you know. Being like you know too loud, and they, I mean, their fans really know when to be loud and when not to be loud, and so, you know, they do a pretty good, they do a pretty good job. You know, it just makes it tough. You know, as a defense, you know, when, when you know your offense is struggling to, you know, get some stuff going because you know the crowd noise, and you know, when they're not getting anything going, that makes it hard on you as a defense. So I think that's where, you know, it plays a factor. You know. To us you know as a defense
0: mm-hmm.
2: is it a, but but let's be honest here we, we don't jive on this show patrick willis it's a little hokey that the that the scoreboard prompts the fans to cheer so that they break those noise records and everything
5: right yeah yeah and and and, and no um i think you just had to be there man to really like experience like what, what, what we're talking about and mm-hmm. and i mean it, it's really like they just know i mean if that's the case they do a good job of listening uh, when, uh, <laughs> and, when not, and when not to.
2: Um, and how much did uh, did Coach Harbaugh – it seems like one little thing that I've been hearing quite a bit about is that those DBs up in Seattle really play fast and loose with, the, uh, with handling wide receivers of the other team um, beyond the five yards. It seems like Harbaugh was really in the ref's ears when you guys hooked up with him a couple weeks ago. How much uh, is that the case that you've noticed as a defender?
5: Um – you know, I haven't paid paid a lot of attention to it, you know, because I'm on defense, and, you know, when we go off to the sideline, you know, I'm pretty much over there, you know, doing our defensive stuff and talking to the defense. But, you know, I've seen it, but, you know, at the end, it's football, and, you know, if the refs are not calling it, then, you know, it ain't too much we can do about it. You know, you can you can let it know. You can let it be known what's going on, but, you know, it's up to the refs to, you know, to make a difference in it, you know, if it's, Something that's that's not right, you know, and if they're not throwing the flags and obviously, you know, they don't think it's, it's anything wrong. So, you know, ain't too much we can do about that then. Let's say this, Patrick Willis. I know how
2: you are. I know you want to take it game by game, but I know as a football fan, my eyeballs tell me that inevitably, divisional round, title game, I don't know when, you are going to be playing those Seahawks. Let's say Russell Wilson rolls out with the play on the line. He's at the six. He's at the five. There's only one man between him and the goal line and a trip to the Super Bowl on the line. Who's better to be in that spot, Patrick Willis or Navarro Bowman, to try and make that tackle?
5: Um, I think either, either one of us is capable of, of making that that play. So, you know, you just have to come down to that play. Who hits harder, you or Bowman? We both hit hard.
2: I like it. See, I like I like that you don't sell yourself down the river, but you don't sell your teammate down the river either. I like where your head's at, Patrick Willis. Real quick – Carolina and New Orleans—you've played both of those teams, and they're fighting it out for the NFC South right now. Which place? Because it looks like you're going to be a wild card. Which place is the tougher environment to go into—New Orleans or Carolina—with that great defense?
5: Man, I, just, I, I think it just in general, I mean, having to go on a road period is is uh, is a tough environment uh, in general. But I mean, regards to what we have to go, um, our mindset is to win. So. You know, whether it's there, whether it's Carolina, whether it's uh, um, uh, New Orleans, uh, we're going with the mindset to win. So it don't really matter. We just want to be in that. We just want to have the opportunity to, to go there. All right, then answer me
2: this. Better defense that you've seen as one of the premier defenders in the NFL the past decade, the Carolina defense or the Seattle defense?
5: The 49ers defense.
2: Ah, you did it again, Patrick Willis. I like where your head's at once again, fella. Um, and one one last question for you. How often in your life have people thought they're being funny when they ask you what you talking about, Willis? Will I say that again? Do people often say to you to try and be funny, do they say what you talking about,
5: Willis? Uh, yeah, I heard people say that from time to time. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I'm not surprised. Someone, as I said, I'm going upstairs now to talk to Patrick Willis. They said, oh, make sure you say what you're talking about, Willis. It'll be so funny. I said, I don't really think it will be all that funny. But uh, uh, I, how do, where do you come down on that one?
5: Uh, I, I don't know, man. I just okay. chuckle and, and <laughs> keep moving uh all right yeah that's
2: and by the way last thing is uh any question in your book that the nfc west reigns supreme in the nfl it's amazing what the cardinals are doing and the rams are a nice team any division out there that you look at and say wow uh they they might be as good as what we got going in this division
5: um you know i I honestly you know our division is so tough within itself that I, i don't get outside our division and and try to pay attention to to other people. I just I'm just glad that our division is one to be, you know, reckoned with and one to be talked about because for so long, you know, people laughed at playing our division. So, you know, it feels good to be, you know, um that division the other teams are, are talking about, you know, man, we don't want to play the NFC West hmm. team. So but at the end of the day, you know, it's football and it's any given Sunday, so you have to come ready to play. Alright, last thing,
2: tell us what you're doing with Duracell
5: this year. Yeah, um uh, right now, you know, just teamed up with um uh, Durcell this for the for the holidays and you know, it's just uh Deercell, we, we work on this this program it's called Power Power of Small and it's donating up to a million batteries to children in need. And, you know, for so every battery pack, you know, you buy this holiday season triggers a donation to Toys for Tide. So, you know, I think that's that's big and, you know, it goes out to help those in need and I feel like we all can be helped in some form or fashion, so let's let's do that.
2: I couldn't agree more. Good luck to all you fellas. It seems like 2013 is coming together at just the right time with Crabtree and Vernon Davis hitting his stride, so on and so forth. Go get them the rest of the way. Enjoy your holidays, and then have a great uh, playoff run again, Patrick Willis. Uh, Sounds great. Thank you. All right, Patrick Willis teaming up with uh, Duracell to do some great things for Toys for Tots. Nice fellow there, and uh, a nice bunch of fellows on that uh, 49ers team in general. We wish him well. All right, interesting stuff from Patrick Willis. He didn't just uh, didn't just give the rote answer on why Seattle's uh, such a tough place to play. Very, uh, like I say, very interesting stuff there. All right, so that'll do it for us on uh, on this DDFP. We'll be back later in the week to preview Week 16 for you. Meantime, thanks to Patrick Willis, Handsome Hank, Adam Rank, Daniel Jeremiah. The absent voice, at least, black tie. will be back with more hooey and applesauce later on. But in the meantime, thanks so much, football fans. It's been a thin slice of heaven.
0: You go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses.